a man on the run finds himself employed by a circus. There he meets an unusual cast of carnies, including an electrocuting girl. It is when he becomes enamored by an aging mentalist and his tricks that he begins to find himself in Nightmare Alley. Hey, welcome back to Clubhouse Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Rubacaba, joined once again by Mr. Abel Panetta. Today, we'll be reviewing Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. A nobody from small town USA makes his way out of an inferno and into the life of a carny. Get out of here, Bozo the Clown. We've got some serious business afoot. <laughs> All right. So Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. So this movie kind of came out at the end of last year. Yeah. There was actually some buzz that this was a good movie. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nobody well, saw it. No one saw it because, well, just weird times we're in. It was and weird. also it's called Nightmare Alley. I think if there was more buzz about it, more people would have seen it. And yeah. I think those who did see it saw it said, eh. Yeah. <laughs> a hard <laughs> a hard man. <meh. laughs> eh. Not even man. Yeah, drop the M, give it the EH. Um the thing with this movie is there were so many big names attached to it, man. Yes. Uh, like, not just a director and writer, but everyone in it. I'm going to start off by saying good, big act, acting chops. Yes. And they all did well. I'm not going to knock Good them. acting. Good cinematography. Dude, the cinematography. I, I thought it looked cool. I was, I was in the 1930s, 1940s, you know, whenever it took place. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I love the Roaring Twenties, and this was just right after that. It yeah. It, it was just right right around, uh, just just before World War II there. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a good era, but the whole like movie just sort of like chugged along. Um, oh, my God. And it and was it two, <laughs> two and a half hours long. Yeah, it chugged it chugged. Jeez. Not but, even but, fast. You know, the good the good news is this started off with a lot of good uh uh Bradley Cooper looking like Indiana Jones. And then uh, everyone else looking like Indiana Jones. Yeah. And then Bradley Cooper not saying a damn thing for about fifteen minutes into the movie. Yeah. Uh and then just kind of start off. I know this movie was a remake of an old movie. Really? Yes. Did, there was a there was okay. a nightmare alley that probably took place during this era. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, and not only did it took place during Zara, but I mean, filmed and yeah. released. I mean, that would Zara. make sense because, I mean, I get it. Guillermo del Toro is a pretty creative guy, but I was just like, where the hell did this even come from? I'll, I'll tell you what. This is a... Tell me what. This is a genre that yeah. I call spooky magician movie. Okay. And, I can see that. And, and of this, this collection of movies of... Eh, yeah, movies. I got two other movies. One is The Prestige, directed by. You know what? I like The Prestige, <laughs> directed by a Christopher Nolan and starring Christian yeah. Bale and Hugh Jackman. Huge Jackman. <laughs> that was a spooky. Yeah. Okay. It that, was super good, dude. I we'll talk about. And it. There's another one. I I know which one you're gonna say. The Illusion. Yes, that had some weird cinematography. I forget who directed that one, but it that looked was like it was filmed through a freaking bubble. That was with Edward Norton. Yeah, and just ju- Jessica, Jessica Biel. Biel. So both of the and this movie Nightmare Alley, the third in the tr- yeah. trilogy of spooky. <laughs> We've created this trilogy. Yeah, for- it's like it's like the Shaun of the Dead trilogy. Yeah, uh, three unrelated movies, but somehow related. Not as good. But which is funny because Prestige and Illusionist actually took uh, were both released in two thousand and six. Yeah, they were total competition movies. Yeah, and was- and the Illusionist also had Paul Giamatti. Yes, he was like the villain. Yeah. And you know, uh, the prestige had David Bowie playing Tesla. Yeah, dude, that was so freaking. Okay, cool. so 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 I'm just gonna kind of start off with these spooky, spooky yeah. uh, things because they both had weird, weird twists. Yeah, the prestige, Hugh Jackman's like, I know how to like be the best magician in the world. <laughs> 
I'm going to clone myself <laughs> and kill the clone every this single is, time. This is like that. What? One. Dude. That <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So like in the way, if you've never seen the prestige, you, it like starts off with for whatever reason, it's just a camera panning over a bunch of top hats. And yes. The, the moment. <laughs> The moment. Yes. This was during a time when I was like obsessed with figuring out the plots of movies and the twist before. Uh, and this was like 2006. This was God. This was almost 20 years ago. Wow. It was. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. 2006. Um. In four years. Yeah. 20 years and four years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is the plot point right here. This is what the movie is based off of. And then I saw Hugh Jackman. And I was like, this guy's doing something with himself. <laughs> Well, he watched the movie and he's like, "His his trick, yeah, totally." He's cloning himself, like straight up okay. Tesla machine cloning himself. He, he just farted out like a, another Hugh Hugh Jackman into a freaking death pool. Yeah, into a death pool, drowned him, and then threw it into the <laughs> fully clothed. He clothed him, but he was fully clothed with that yeah. top hat and everything, and then just threw it into a ditch somewhere. Yeah, and this was a type of movie where, or back then, I guess, a plot hole this freaking huge <laughs> was so self. Self, uh, God, self fulfilling because he was literally dropping. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try to say something a little more PG, but he was just what's his name? Uh, yeah, like there was a literal hole in the ground, and he was just, just Christopher filling. Nolan. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, Watch these people, they're gonna love me for this. I know. Oh, uh, well, anyway, God. that was the spooky, that was that spooky movie, and then the second yeah. was The Illusionist, where I, I, I from what I remember, because I liked Prestige better. Prestige was the yeah. best of these movies. However, yes. Illusionist is the worst of these three movies. It is the Illusionist because it had Edward Norton. It had Edward Norton, weird ass Edward Norton <laughs> dating just Je- Je- uh, Jessica Biel, yeah. who's never in his league. Yeah, <laughs> skinny, she's, skinny ass. She's uh, in no one's league. <laughs> yeah, and not anymore. Where's she been? I don't know. Anyway, I think I saw Edward Norton in yeah. um, the French Connection or French uh, French Dispatch. Oh right, yeah. Uh, he also looked like the same Edward Norton in the Italian Job. <laughs> That damn mustache, man. And the same uh, Edward Norton in uh, ha- uh, Red Dragon with the Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Norton plays Edward Norton in every one of his yeah. movies. I don't think he ever got out of it. Yeah, the one time he didn't, he just got buff. And I'm yeah. not talking about the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that movie, the reason the reason why he thought of this as a trilogy mm-hmm. had uh, Jessica Biel faking her death and acting like a ghost at the end. Yes. And I remember thinking that was stupid and this is never going to work. <laughs> but it worked in that movie. Lo and behold... <laughs> So this, obviously we're spoiling movies here. This is what we do. Well, we're not spoiling. We're, 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 we're talking about old movies. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know. It, lies, it rhymes with Schmeismer, Schmally, Schmeismer, Schmally. Now back to Nightmare Alley. <laughs> there we go. So uh, this movie starts off with uh, Bradley Cooper who plays Stanton dragging a dead body. You know, I never knew his name until you just said that. Yeah, because I had right print the dossier <laughs> Stanton car. His oh, last name is Carlisle Carlisle Car. Oh, sorry. It's the <laughs> I, I turned up the contrast. So. Yeah, Stanton Carlisle, but yeah, he drags a dead body inside a house in a field nowhere into a hole and then sets the house on fire. Yeah, in Get, a hole in the house in the hardwood gets on a gets on a bus and joins the circus. Ah, yeah, <laughs> easy. Easy as cake. Yeah, man, <laughs> I guess that's what happens in middle America. Yeah, he joins the circus run by William Defoe. He uh, gets the hots for uh, Mara Rooney as Molly as, uh, as Molly, and then he meets um, Tony Collette, who is uh, one of the mentalists there. And I guess yeah. she has a. She, I don't think it's her dad or her boyfriend or something, but there's another older yeah. man mentalist there. Uh, Pete Crumberland, uh, Crumb, 
Crumbane, whatever his name is in the movie, but he's played by uh, David Stratham. He's the, or straight. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, so he's he's the guy from the Jason Bourne movie. The Bourne Ultimatum. He goes, Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> Jason Bourne. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's he, the guy. <laughs> he, he's like the dude in Independence Day. He does the like thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, super hard man or there's a guy in Batman forever who's like Batman. Yay. <laughs> that's, that's me. That's me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so so William Defoe runs the circus and uh, it kind of starts with him having to hunt down this geek who escaped and if you don't know what a geek is a geek yeah. is kind of a uh, like a crackhead. Yeah, uh, pretty much a, a super scratchy on bath salts all the time crackhead who eats chicken heads. Um, like literal chicken heads. Yeah, like in a life, you know, not the other kind of chicken head. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what were we talking about? Okay, so yeah, and then then uh, they they catch him, and then maybe when the one of them almost dies, and then uh, then uh, Bradley Cooper's like, "Oh, what does it take to make a geek?" Oh, yeah. And he goes through this whole like uh, this whole formula. He's like, "You got to find a man at the end of his rope. Yeah, and you got to find a man. He's such an alcoholic, drinks at least two bottles of whiskey a every day. A day. Yeah, and Jesus, it, and you got to tell him like, I got a job for you, but it's just a temporary job.' Yep. And then, you know, he goes, and you spike his drink with freaking with heroin or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, some some like embalming Jesus. fluid or something, <laughs> something horrible. Uh, he's like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> anyway." <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, there is this, uh, there is this fetus, like a like a in a in a freak show sideshow act, like a bunch of fetuses in there. Yeah, they're uh, all in, in well embalming fluid. There, there's one, <laughs> there's one giant one called Enoch, Enoch, yeah. and um, and it's in there. He's like, yeah, this one killed his mother being born, yeah. and he's always watching you with that big fake eye of his, and yeah. it's always tracking you. Oh man, Enoch, here yeah, people from all around come to see him. Yes. Keep your eye on Enoch. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Enix uh, <laughs> had a it was in a big jar of water. Yeah. And had its genitals exposed. So uh, just a weird carny movie. Man. Weird carny movie. So then Bradley Cooper goes to see uh, Tony Collati, who was the mentals, but apparently only had the Tony only Collette. Tony Collette, <laughs> the only bath in town. Yeah. So yeah, so right? if you ever played, which just happens to be across from where this right. carnival has popped up. Yeah, if you ever played Dead or Redemption, it was fun to go take the baths. Oh, I never played that game <laughs> because like you, you you pay and then you pay a little extra to like have her like rub you. Oh jeez, <laughs> or use the sponge. Uh, but it never showed anything. There was never any nudity in Dead yeah. Redemption too. Uh, but it just kind of reminded me of that. Um, Not in this movie. Yeah, but it, oh, I forgot to bring <laughs> the banana and apples. I was going to have a banana and two apples on the table here, but I got lazy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we see we see uh, Bradley Cooper in water. Yeah, talking about being a, a mentalist with his fake eye, and you see his junk exposed. It's very quick, but it's yeah there enough where you're like, God, oh, man. Yeah, so you see some you see some Bradley Cooper dung, or at least proposed fake Bradley yeah. Cooper dung, and Tony Collette gives him a little bit of a handy in the in the tub. But anyway, yeah. uh, they, everyone's like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, anyway, so that happened, and then they hang out with uh, the Pete, the mentalist, and then yeah. Pete has this book about all his tricks of the trade about having how yeah. to be a mentalist. Yes, he created a whole formula based on word association to numbers. Yeah, which is super freaking intricate, man. And he says, "Whatever you do, don't get spooky. If you get spooky, like you turn good, God fearing Christian folk into believers. And that's when you look God straight in the eye, and you'll never escape you'll, the you'll face of God. Never escape, and and all kinds of bad things that happen when you give them hope." So many things to been dinging about in this movie. Yeah, um, but uh, what happened? Uh, yeah, so the mentalist goes crazy, becomes an. Al- it doesn't go crazy. He becomes an alcoholic, and then yeah. 
he um it's like you're saying edward norton bradley cooper well, so so what happens after this is they have a show it's tony collette's character doing the show where she's playing the mentalist and uh pete the older mentalist he ends up passing out under the stage well because he's a chronic alcoholic yeah he is drunk all the time yeah and uh and he also won't let bradley cooper see his book or mm-hmm. doesn't want to teach him any of the tricks yeah because he says it's, it's too dangerous they get spooky yeah uh you give him a hope and if you give hope and it's a lie then it's not hope you yeah. know that kind of thing um so i so bradley cooper okay so then he meets molly molly is the electrocution girl yeah so she's able to like like ground herself and have electricity like, like, under a, body. like a tesla coil machine that's yeah, another tesla yeah another tesla oh, there we go yeah <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> Uh, wow. Anyway, these movies, they all kind of mesh together. I know, man. Um, so Brad, uh, Bradley Cooper builds a fake, uh, electrocution machine or whatever. Uh, so, so yeah. it looks like that, that goes on, but then he, so does he kill Pete? He kills Pete, right? No, no. So he, so he provides Pete a bottle of rum. You know, he goes over yeah. to because William Defoe was selling for some reason embalming fluid and rum. Yeah, so yeah, and he, he had has, them next to each other. Yeah, so remember one's poison, one isn't. Yeah, he's like whoa. <laughs> yeah, so he's and he, and for whatever reason he has two tin two tin boxes where they have slits on top where you just drop a coin into each one, and it's like okay, so if you want embalming fluid, drop a nickel. If you want whiskey, drop another nickel. It's like okay, so oh, you, you, were the, you were the bunch of crooked carnies. I feel like you're never going to run out of embalming fluid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like really weird. So he does that. He brings it uh, back to Pete, and uh, you know, it's eventually they find Pete just dead. Yeah, they find Pete dead. Yeah, so everybody surrounding Pete, they're like, "Oh my god, he finally did it to himself. He drunk himself to death." Yeah, and uh, he runs off to go get the book. Yeah, he, so we so we suspect. Oh, he totally did. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the police come because one of the one of the geeks died or almost died or something. Yeah. They came looking for him. Yeah. And then since Bradley Cooper had that book, he was able to like get mental with the uh, the sheriff. Oh yeah. He was like, oh my god, you hurt your you, you were born different, weren't you? And he just yeah. keeps talking and he's like, yeah, you knew a saintly woman. Yeah. So somehow yeah. he's able to get the the police off their back by like doing like mental stuff. Yeah, mentalist things. He's doing his little finger. And that's like where gonna pluck something out of the air. Yeah, that's how he's able to. Uh, that's how he's able to get out of the carny business yeah. here, and, and he runs his own mental and become his own mentalist. And he runs off with Mara Rooney because the two of them are haplessly in love. Yes. So, uh, which was just weird. It, it it was so for a movie that was this long. I don't understand how that happened so quickly because you don't really see it even happen. Yeah, there's like one scene where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're on the they're on the what you call the, the, the carousel the carousel and then uh, there's there, Ron Perlman was in this movie which is nice. Also, yeah. real quick for people that were in this movie, um, Richard Jenkins and Mary Steenburgen were in this movie, and you know who they were? Uh, I know they were the mom and dad and stepbrothers. <laughs> they were in this freaking movie. <laughs> that blew my freaking mind. I like this one better. Yeah, that one hits. Hi, uh, yeah, Mary Steenburgen. She was also uh, she was also Doc Doc Brown's uh, girlfriend in the last Back to the Future movie. What? Yeah. You know who else I just saw in here? This is blowing my mind. So apparently there's a person called Fifi the Bird Girl. Um, do you remember the movie? Um, yeah, I don't remember who the heck this character is, but I see his face here, and I'm pretty certain this guy I'm looking at is the dude from 
basketball. The one they kept calling bitch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you might be right. Oh, it's just good, man. It's just good stuff. Let's put the record back on here because it's, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it was him. Yes. All right. All right. We're back. That glare killed us. Back in the <laughs> back in the game. Uh, <laughs> There's just so many people in this freaking movie. I know. Uh, it's so, like a nightmare alley for so, all these actors. So, yeah. So Ron Perlman was in it, and you know, he, before he, they he, left, he was defensive of uh, of, of Mara uh, Rooney's character, yeah, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Yeah, really weird. We'll just say Molly. She, she Molly. Fix that and switch those. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Molly. So, so of Molly because she was he was friends with her old man, and he said a cool line. I wish I had actually written it down word for word, but mm. he said, "I'm a like I'm a hundred and something pounds of man or whatever, but I have five pounds of meat and muscle." Or bone and muscle, the ready to work you down or something. I was yeah, like, I oh, that was pretty clever. And then you know, once you think about it, like that whole like, you know, I love I love Ron Perlman, but like, did we need all this Ron Perlman action? Because it didn't accumulate, didn't do anything, didn't do anything. Because I was waiting for at the well, we'll, we'll get to the end, but yeah. like I was waiting for him to come back yeah. at the end and kind of take care of business there. And, but but it never really quite materialized. Swinging a miss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So they run off and then uh, become highbrow mentalists yeah <laughs> at a nice they, restaurant yeah like a restaurant slash speakeasy is what it looks like yeah so um so they're 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 playing the crowd and then who is there but kate bland kate kate blanchett yeah as lilith ritter dr ritter oh, yeah. and she's like she's like can you read my mind like and she she like pushes uh, uh molly aside she's like yeah. no i'm gonna be your assistant or whatever yeah because real quick because the reason she does this, for those who don't realize, a mentalist with their partner, they use their partner to say certain words Give to describe them cues something. And stuff, yeah. yeah, so that describes the formula. So there you go. Yeah, so so they're, they're literally partners in crime, but in in a way, it's just a magic trick. Yeah, and and that's that's what they do today. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, she does that. Can you read my mind? And yeah. then somehow he's able actually to get his mojo going. Yeah, and. You know, like you, actually guess what's in her freaking bag. Yeah, guess what's in her bag. Just by how she's carrying she's it. She's got a gun and like, uh, you know, she says like. It's like it's a nickel-plated gun with an ivory handle. But it turns out she's there on behalf of this dude, the judge. Yeah. The judge lost a son mm-hmm. and they want Bradley Cooper to they, communicate. Yeah, they lost him in the war. In World War One. Yeah. Uh, and want them to communicate with him from beyond the grave. And uh, Rooney Mara, <laughs> Molly doesn't want this to happen because it's spooky. They yeah, it's a spook. This, this is spooky stuff. You don't get into spooky stuff. <laughs> get him too involved. Yeah. Uh, Make him have hope. But he's like, no, nah, man, it'll be cool. Like, I'll just do this. So yeah. he does that for him, and he talks to his son, dead son yeah. uh, from beyond the grave, doing his mental tricks. Then they go to then 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 he goes to Kate Blanchett, Doctor uh, Yeah, Doctor Ritter's office, and they two have like a almost unbelievable. Every time Bradley Cooper uh, Stanton is with Doctor Ritter, yeah, I feel like these characters are not like who they were a minute ago. Yeah, they they kind of evolve almost instantaneously. They evolve, but they evolve to the stupid. Yeah, because she's clearly like, yes, I tape every conversation in this room. <laughs> See all these tapes and all these tapes here are for privilege. <laughs> you know, my We're like we get it. Your room is wired. Your room is to wired to the teeth. Okay, good. Nice. You know, uh, and he's like, you just going to record me. That's cool. It, yeah, where's it at? <laughs> and he kind of speaks like that too. He speaks in a <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't 
they're, they're conning people. Like, like she's in on it. Like yeah. she, 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 she's known it from the beginning that the guy's full of crap and like, yeah, tells her why, but then they're saying we're going to rip off the, we're going to rip off the judge and his wife now. Yeah. And it's just like, and you're just letting him record this. Yeah. So, and the thing is she's giving him information from, cause she's a psychologist for, for all these people. That. Yeah. So she actually is a psychologist of this, of this, do- of this, uh, freaking, what the hell was his name? Whatever, whatever, judge, the, the, the judge, and, yeah. and his wife, and, yeah, judge and his wife, and so she, and she gives them this juicy information that only you know they would know, or rather, her. They don't realize that they are in cahoots. So he goes to their house and he gives them a spooky reading. And this whole time, Rooney Mara's Molly has been against this, obviously, because that's not that's spooky. spooky. We don't deal in the spooks. Yeah. Um, so because he does so well, he gets word of mouth to another guy. Well, but, well remember they, they read for his wife too. Yeah. Mary, St- uh, Mary Steeburgen. And she was like, Oh my God, my son, is he in the room with us right now? You He's know, like, I see her. I see, I see his hand on your shoulder his hands on your shoulder. <laughs> you know, they did his, her voice. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so, so they're both sold. So they yeah. go to like an even bigger fish. Yeah. So that's Ezra Grindle played by Richard Jenkins. Yeah, so uh, Kate Blanchett, Doctor Ritter, will mm-hmm. not tell him what he he reveals in in his in his therapy sessions. Yeah, but he's able to break into her recording, yeah, recordings and get the information that way. Yep. So he figures out that somehow she had he had like a long lost love that he accidentally killed. Yeah, and he's, he's and he just yeah, threw her like really, over a cliff, so like no one would know who she was. Yeah, he's a really dark. He's a dark big fish, man. He's a shark. Yeah. Um. So so, while all this is happening, Kate uh, Blanchett and uh, and Bradley Cooper having like this an affair, and then Rooney Mara finds out because she finds a picture of her because he's always drawing pictures, yeah, just like Dead Redemption guy. <laughs> he's really he's like superbly talented at yeah. drawing, man. Yeah, he would have been the best drawer in the world, but like I guess he didn't go to school. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I remember I forgot what he said, uh, but he she found out she then. He wanted to get into like even more spooky stuff because he was he he passed a lie detector test because he was able to get inside. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Grindel's uh, head. Yeah, because obviously he got that information and two questions in, he just says, "Hold on, yeah, I'm feeling a woman." <laughs> He's like, "She's supple and stuff." What? No. <laughs> yeah, she's tasty. <laughs> she looks like Rooney Mara. <laughs> she looks like that girl from Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Though. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, does she have a dragon tattoo? <laughs> Stupid. What else was but, yeah. So anyway, so we're, did so, you put the did you put the record on or off? I was putting it back on. <laughs> now it's there on. Go. Now it's on. <laughs> Continuity, baby. I know you got to You got to know where the record scratches are. Otherwise, ever the rest of they'll shut us down. Yeah, um, but anyway, he is like, oh, you you can't. You, I can't just like hear from her from you. Like I have to see her. Yeah. So yeah, Ezra is like sold, and he's this crazy like super loaded millionaire. You know, in the twenties, so he's or forties rather. So he's got money, and uh, he says this line. He's he says something. He's like, uh, well, later on, I guess he says, and this doesn't this matters more than anything. He says uh, about hope. He's he says you shouldn't be able to buy hope or something. He's like, but I'll tell you something. I got enough money. I'm sure, I can. And yeah, I think I remember that when they're walking in down up and down the stupid yeah. like courtyard. So, yeah, so then he starts to pay um Stanton ten thousand dollars a session. Okay, so so this part I found really dumb. Because among other places of this movie. Well, this one was the dumbest because yeah. as as I said before, it's almost like Guillermo del Toro 
hired M. Night Shyamalan to do some punch up. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, man. And he's like, oh, don't worry, man. I got I got this. I got nah. this. He's going to go to the psychiatrist, right? P- played by Kate Blanchett. He's yeah. going to be so enamored by her. He's going to make all the wrong moves. Everything he does with Kate Blanchett yeah. is wrong. Yeah. And guess what? She's going to lie to him. What? Not only is it going to be a lie, but she's going to be playing him the whole time. And for a man that never drinks, he's going to have drinks because of her. Not only that, when he gives her the money, she's going to be like, I don't want the money. But guess what? She wants the money. <laughs> Goodness. I remember Bradley I Cooper. S- like, uh, this is one of those last action hero movie this ticket is what moments. Pissed me off. I wanted to get in the movie. <laughs> you, sir, are a mentalist. You, sir, are a carny and a conman and a murderer. She wants the money. Yeah. <laughs> How did you not read that? You fool. She wants the money. And then I was someone cl- okay. This pissed me off because I was I was like, it took two hours to get into this. Not only that, like she clearly pissed someone off in the past and she mentioned it because she like opened up her top a little bit. You can see yeah. some hot side boob, but like she had this like nasty gash. It right? was yeah, she got knifed. Yeah. It looks like a shark took a bite out of her half. You know who she who she probably messed with? Ezra. Ezra Grindle. I was thinking the first gimp. Because <laughs> apparently gimp. it's a cycle. Yeah, this is a cycle. This freaking movie is very cyclical. Yeah, well, anyway. It's a uh, fancy word. <laughs> cyclical, yes. So anyway, uh, Bradley Cooper's big plan, because he did some weird Batman research and found out that Grindle's long-lost girlfriend from 20 years ago looks like Rooney Mara. Of course, but like of Molly. course she does. He's like, I got an idea. What I'm going to do is I'm going to dress you up like the way she looked. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> and you're going to be Mara's, covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. And, and Molly's not for this. She's like, I got to go. You know, she's like, this is spooky. Yeah. So and then she tells her, tells him, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll do whatever for you one more time. Well, eventually, like after a lot of like, because she, oh, she tried to run away. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that I was rewinding back. Yeah. To that. yeah so, so, um, so Ezra gets fed up with constantly hearing Stanton talking all this smack like you're tired of you making me feel this damn guilt. I know what I did. I've done it before and I'm and I think he said I'll do it again or something I'm like Jesus this guy's a freaking douche. We said like I heard a lot of women. Yeah, and that's when Bradley Cooper's like or Stanton's like, oh what? Yeah, <laughs> he's like lots of women. Yeah, and, he's like a horrible dude. Yeah, he's he deserves to be dead. Even though he was really nice to like his his bouncer. Yeah, he's at some really, point. Yeah. His bouncer's like, I'll oh, take care of Mr. Grindle. Yeah, Mr. Grindle's he, my boss. Yeah, this guy played uh it's uh his bouncer's or handler will say is Anderson played by Holt McCallany. Um he's like, I care about that man. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And uh yeah, so that's when that's when we why this happens because he essentially is threatening Stanton with absolute death and murder if he does not produce but okay so so molly tries to run away because she finds out that he's banging uh kate blanchett yeah uh and though there's m night Shalom which we don't scenes. really know we don't really know i don't know it's he, he, it, just it's very suggestive that they are um uh, but but he's de- he's definitely being psychoanalyzed by her yeah and uh he killed his dad to get his watch that was yeah. that was his big thing that was the, that's what happened at the beginning of the yeah. movie and he does get he does get Molly to play this dead girl makes her wear oh but but before that uh she tried to run away and go on a train but he managed to catch her it was just me when they she ran into the men's room and all the dudes were like you know all the dudes are like what the woman in the men's room yeah but that was like the nicest men's room I'd ever seen in my entire life there was like this freaking giant urinal fountain it was like brickwork like urinal it was amazing it's like it's like if if I were it was like if the Apple Store made a Gothic bathroom. 
not even it the was Apple amazing. Store. It, it, it looked like a rustic, like Italian, like it did. And like it was so nice. Let me get back to this amazing urinal that I saw. Yeah, because it was so it was a we'll think of a cylinder, right? So it's a cylinder and there's urinals on the outside of it facing outward, obviously. And you're just there and it like there's like this crazy fountain in the middle. It just looked glorious. Glorious. Yeah. So it was a glorious pisser. Yeah. Maybe uh, you want to go pee in that thing. I know. I want. I wanted to use my last action hero ticket before yeah. I left the thing to go like pee. A in. Fat Dookie in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I poop in that urinal. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, I thought I, I, ma- I made sure I called out that nice bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so so Rooney Mara, she does the thing, and then they go to the house, and then right before they do this this big con, mm-hmm. the uh, the judge and his wife. For having oh, breakfast together. Yes. So the Mary Steeburge and then the judge or whatever. Yeah, whatever his name is. And then um she's like, You love me, right? He's like, Of course I yeah, do, so honey. Real quick. So apparently this helped out their marriage. So the- Well, they had solace <laughs> over their son. Yeah. So they were like getting close together. And they were having brunch. And uh and and you know, going back to uh what the what the first mentalist said, he goes, mm-hmm. Good people get hurt, can't run out on God. Yeah. And he also says, uh He's, oh yeah, he said to the uh, to his wife uh, Mary Steeburge, and when he said uh, when they communicated with his uh, son beyond from beyond the grave, yeah, you will all be together again in time. In time. So, so, <laughs> so right before the big con, the judge and his wife, the wife is they're having breakfast, and the wife's yeah. like, "You love me, don't you?" She's like, "Of course I do, honey." And she pulls out a twenty two and shoots him in the head, in the freaking face, in the face, and and she looks like super happy. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, does this. Oh, like totally looking like it's a bright summer day. There are birds just chirping around and she's having a grand old time. And then she shoots herself in the eye. Yeah. Like, like it was weird. It was the like, way she, held, it wasn't even like that. Like she held it like this way and it like the gun goes off and the scene just cuts immediately, but it was like, oh God. Yeah. So she kills herself. And uh, so meanwhile, uh, Bradley Cooper is having uh, some private time with Grindel because he excused that bouncer dude that we were talking about. Yeah. Who's listening Anderson. to the radio. Yeah. Uh, so he's listening to the radio. You know, radio is another symbolic motif that keeps coming back and forth yeah, too. It was constant in this movie. Yeah, they keep the talking, radio I is what radio. triggered a lot of uh, action uh, and plot points. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that I think about it, so a lot of foreshadowing there. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. so so he uh, so Stanton is playing Grindel, mm-hmm. and then Mara Rooney comes out like, like. I knew this plan wasn't going to work. Yeah. This plan was course. never going to work. Like, like you're just going to have like, like a, he's, go- he's a, have a power ghost- hungry man. You're going to have a ghost woman just kind of like walk in. Yeah. And like, I'm looking like freaking. <laughs> What's I'm it? Looking like a. What's it? <laughs> Bloody Mary. No, from the Simpsons. Freaking uh, Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah. Just going I bring you love. <laughs> you, mean like the lo- you mean the love. You mean the kind of love between a man and a woman or the kind of love between a man and a fine Cuban cigar? <laughs> I bring you peace. <laughs> Dude, it was, that's all I could think of when I saw that. I was like, she is Mr. Burns right now, <laughs> and, which was also an episode of the X files. Yeah, <laughs> freaking man. All this is tying in so meta. All right. But, so, you know, he is for whatever reason. Stanton believes that Ezra is just going to drop to his knees and he's going to force him to pray like this guy who gets whatever he wants is going to listen to some schmuck. Yeah. He is paying to make him watch things. Yeah, so he or runs. He runs it. over to, to to this fake ghost, yeah, Molly, and just like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> like first he hip grabs her, and then he's like, whoa, whoa, what? Who the hell are you? 
whoa. Oh, and then everyone's like, then he, then, uh, then Sam's like, you let go of that woman. Okay, and while this is happening, the bouncer guy's listening to the radio. And then they, they they talk about the judge being murdered. Oh yeah, uh, murder being murder suicided by his wife. Yeah, and he's like, wait a minute, this guy's a fraud. Yeah, <laughs> he put he, two and two together real quick. Yeah, so he goes runs out to try to like stop the situation. And then the guy's calling him. He's like, this guy's a fraud. This yeah. guy's a fraud. And then what he does that Bradley Cooper beats him up apparently so bad that his nose falls off. Dude, yes, his I'm nose like, was gone. He like it wasn't even his nose off his face. Yeah, there's just like a hole in his face. He looked, yeah, he looked like it was it was pretty grotesque. He was like on his back, and you see like. Yeah, it was like so he, he kills that guy. They run, and then the bouncer dude's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, you killed my boss!" Yeah, and then <laughs> and, and he shoot. So he's shooting at him while Bradley Cooper, while Stanton is running back to the to car. The car. And, the, this and then is then when the, the trailer happens, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, then Mario Runa tries to start the car. She can't, and then she starts yeah. it. When they run over bouncer dude, yeah, and then drive off. They drive over him. They again. drive over him like they, multiple times. Yeah, so they back up and hit him, and somehow this 1940s <laughs> car that does gain has a zero to sixty of like thirty seconds somehow yeah. gains enough momentum in like ten yards to flip this guy clean over the car. Yeah, and then they run him over. <laughs> Jeez and crackers, Batman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so that happens, and uh, they drive off, and Marooney is like, "I want no part of this," and she runs yeah. up. I don't need you. Yeah. I don't need and, you. And guess what? Guess where it's at? All this is happening in an alley. He got run over in an alley. They got in an argument in an alley. <laughs> so much nightmare alley. What do you think of this Ada? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which one, which one was it? Because he's a car to get it. <laughs> oh, here it is. There's actually a button. <laughs> That's Stanton yelling at her. It's it's just two of them yelling at each oh, yeah. other. There's Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of wild turkeys up in here. <laughs> well, anyway, he goes. Jeez. So naturally, since Kate Blanchett has all his money, he goes to <laughs> he goes to Kate Blanchett. He's like, "Oh man, the turkey's gone burnt. We gotta get out of here. Where's my money?" He opens it, just full of dollar bills. Yeah, he's like, "It's just dollar bills. That's a lot of dollar bills, man." I know. It's like thirty. It's like a hundred bucks. It was more than that. I mean, well, if it was nineteen forty, hundred bucks would take you a long way, man. It's a lot of coke, man. Yeah, for him, <laughs> a lot of Coca Cola. I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> Which had actual coke back then. Ooh. <laughs> Weird. Oh my god, that would have been your teeth. Can you imagine Coke with Coke in it? It's <laughs> so freaking good. Jeez. Oh, I'll give you some kick. Whoa. That's a terrible thing. Oh. It's like I remember when I used to smoke, man, and I used to drink a Coca-Cola while smoking a cigarette. It was the worst thing in the world. Dude, I tell you what, those frozen cooks from McDonald's are fire. They are delicious. I want a frozen Coke, and I had one earlier today. An icy, a fro a freaking Coke icy well, you, you while know, at the movie theater with some popcorn. Oh my god. Seven eleven has like the big gulp of yeah, Coke ICs. Yeah, they do. They're apparently really big in Taiwan. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, what the anyway. hell was I talking about? So they're arguing in the alley. Okay, they're arguing in the alley. She runs away, and then they go to Kate Blanchett's. The yeah. dollar bills, they're all fake. Oh, no. She was behind it the whole time. Oh. She's like, don't mess with me. I'm not weak. And then she's like, well, do I have a 22 now? And she shoots him in, in the ear. Blows his freaking ear off. Blows his ear off, and she's got the tapes, and she's recording yeah. like, oh, my God. What are you doing here? Yeah. You just woke it. You know. So he tries to choke her with a telephone cord, which. And security comes, and yeah. he runs off, and then he's all like on the run now. And he's, yeah. He, he becomes, runs off down the corridor. Smut, smearing blood everywhere. It's very cinematic. Yeah, very, very, very cinematic. Very Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, man washed out. Um, very, very dark man. And guess what? Remember how we were talking about chickens and geeks? 
So he ends up going to like I believe a Hooverville or some sort well, no, of. Well, like- no. So he so to escape the cops, he actually runs down this train uh, train station. So there's like a bunch of trains. Oh, a bunch and of chickens. Yeah, and so he jumps into a truck to a train car that has a bunch of chickens in it, and he hides behind all the chickens. And you can see where this is going. Yeah. So so then he goes with the boxcar wheelies and he, he's drinking some booze from them. Yeah. Like, so he, you got to pay up. Yeah. He wakes You're- up some time. I guess in the future because he has a full freaking beard that would take me like six months to grow. I know, right? He's been a, he's been a full on boxcar. What do you think if he had these great mentalist powers, he'd be able to like yeah, just like Jedi mind trick somebody. Everybody, yeah. But apparently he didn't even try that. But yeah. I guess he's got like one ear and like and he's yeah. he's a wanted man for multiple murders since yeah. the Cape Jet would say yeah. everything that's been going on. Yeah, now he wants booze and stuff. And so like you said, like the guy cries like, "Hey, no mooching! You got to start paying up your bill." Yeah, and they um, all speak like this. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, so he gives his his uh, his dad's watch, the watch that he hated his dad, but he took his watch before he died, or yeah. after he died, or whatever, before he burnt him in the fire. And then that's the end of that. And then he goes uh, to a carnival, a new carnival. Yeah, and then uh, and he meets the carny boss, played by Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, um, and this guy uh, looks like a real life carny. Yeah, <laughs> he, he also played the uh, was supposed to play the leader in Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. Yes. <laughs> if you remember that scene where he Stang. got like Hulk juice in his brain, they got to follow up on that. Now they're, fo- they're following up on everything else. They got to follow up on Incredible Hulk. Uh, they won't. And I was like the one, but you know, they have Thunderbolt Ross in all these movies. You know, who they need to bring back in those movies. Tell me Liv Tyler. Holy crap. Remember? Yeah, I liked Liv Tyler. Yeah, she was good. Or they can multiverse her and bring back Jennifer Connelly. Holy crap. Well, anyway, let's do this. So in the back of the Carney's uh, office, is Enoch the the, Enoch. the, the yep. thing? He's like Enoch, and then uh, and the Red, guy's like, "That's a good take." That's yeah, that's a good. Because uh, Bradley Cooper's like, he killed his mom when he was when he was born. Yeah, and what, what do you say? He said that's a good. Uh, that's a good hook. Good hook or something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. That's a good angle. Good angle. You know what's the funny thing I thought about Enoch? Also, what's up? Enoch had like half the scar that Kate Blanchett had. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, it is Guillermo del Toro. This is pretty likely that you know. And uh, the other thing was uh, the geek, uh, yeah. busted up his head pretty good at the very beginning when they were chasing him. Yeah, uh, Kane Blanchett shot him in the ear in like almost the same spot. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of symbolism in this movie. Uh, a lot of, a lot of callbacks. Yeah. And then uh, if you remember when we first started talking, when he was talking to William Defoe, the original Carney Master, he yeah. asked him, "How do you make a geek?" Yeah. Apparently, you find a. A man who's on his last legs, down on his luck, addicted to the two, two, two bottles a day. Yep, and you you tell him like, "Hey, I got a job for you." It's only temporary. Only temporary. By the time you finish with your spiel, they say, "I was born for this job." Yeah, and that's what happened, with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he, he said, started laughing because he saw the laughing irony maniacally. In it. Yeah, uh, because he was the the new geek. Yep, and he said, "I was born for it," and, and then and that's how the movie ends. That does, and uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, and then it ends. Um, but but like you know, like the aforementioned M Night Shyamalan twists. Yeah, this was better than that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I, not going to knock Guillermo del Toro for doing this. I'm not going to put him in the same. Uh, because say what you will, this movie was a work of art. It was cinematically, cinematically, and uh, thespianly, dramatic, thematically, thema- dramatically, or, of yeah, the dramatic arts, the Adelies. Because you know we liked. <laughs> Kate Blanchett, we did, and we liked Bradley Cooper in this movie. We just didn't like the choices their characters made. Yeah, it was, I feel like this Kate, was weird, man. I feel like every every time they went to Kate Blanchett's office and mentioned, it was so said, jarring. Don't worry, I got this. Yeah, and did 
you know, either him or like George Lucas with over <laughs> overtly obvious <laughs> it's, writing. It's like poetry. It's like poetry rhymes. And the other one is like, <laughs> I don't like sand. It's so coarse and rough and dry. Whatever oh, the hell he said. <laughs> man, it messed with the robots. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, they can't help you. Only me and my new powers can. <laughs> ridiculous, man. So ridiculous. Do you want to get to letter grades for this one? No. Let me see my notes. <laughs> I, think, I think I got some more notes on this one. I didn't want to talk any more about it. Uh, oh, there was the speaking of George Lucas going full circle. <laughs> there was the occasional funny Star Wars fade. Remember like funny wipes, but it only oh, happened yeah. like three times. They were weird, man. Um, there was some follow the white rabbit moments. There were there were there literally was a white rabbit. Yeah. The, old, the old man. Like he literally picked up a white rabbit. Yeah. Remember there was even one in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, lobby. Yeah. Um, that appeared because they, the carnies came back to visit for a moment. Um, when we did write meet Ron Perlman, he was saying that Molly's dad was a grifter too, and I knew him. Yeah. And, and he, you know, he was a monster also. So maybe he was the the geek or something or like yeah. like it just kind of says that there's a cycle of, yeah. of all this stuff happening. And the whole trailer for this movie was Willem Dafoe talking about is he man or is he beast? Come and see the man without a soul. Yeah, and you know the thing about this movie also. Um, I made that up by the way. You're right, <laughs> but it I mean, was pretty similar. Yeah, because the the ad campaign for this movie did kind of it test played some on like, supernatural stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, because I almost thought there was a Minotaur in it. Yeah, for, for some reason I was like, like tripping out. I'm like, is it? I'm like, it, is what Bradley are we Cooper gonna, a werewolf? Yeah, <laughs> I really thought they were going to do something extra with this, but it was very, very mundane. It was. Um, it was an hour too long. Guillermo. It was an hour too long. You had to cut some of that. Uh, yeah. and maybe had a uh, Ron Perlman narrate. That yeah. would have been nice. That would have been cool. We needed more Ron Perlman in this movie. If we dropped the Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. I would have died. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we just, if, <laughs> hey, we did hear some, uh, I think, did we hear uh, whips at all? It would have been great if we heard some whips. <laughs> whips. Did I hear a Wilhelm in it too? I think there was a Wilhelm in this movie. I feel like I was going to take a note. Wilhelm! <laughs> it's towards the middle. I don't know. It was somewhere where someone fell in oh, something and, and went. Ah! Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, if you want to start off the yeah. letter grade time. I will start this off and let's see if this makes any sense because I did write this at like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> and drunk. Yeah. <laughs> drunk on tiredness from yeah. this freaking movie. So I said, I will give this movie a C. Never realized I needed to hear the story of a carny. I still don't. Wish I hadn't seen or heard of it. This film was filled with great acting, but the story just felt like it was skirting around real action with melodrama. It definitely has a Guillermo del Toro vibe, but that's it. One hour less, and this movie would have been a whiz bang popper, kid. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it a little bit better than that. I'm going to say it's a B. This spooky magician movie is saved by excellent cinematography, cast, and performances. My only gripes about Nightmare Alley are that it's too long and predictable. However, it does stand out over other less inventive suspense thrillers. That was good. I agree. So yeah, you know, a bit of a mixed mixed review there. But I, you know, I I, I, I I like to say some of these movies. This movie deserves to exist, but it does. But we can't give all these movies that deserve to exist. It's yeah, I know. It's too long. <laughs> That's it. If honestly, if it were an hour less, the action and the story would have just ramped right up, and I would have been actually thrilled. And and they should have. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. It, they like, should have gave made Kate Blanchett a little more menacing. Yes, she should have like been. overtly menacing. I think it would have just added to the just to the cinematography. Well, I needed someone to tie in 
to how dramatic the cinematography was. Kate Blanchett was in it, but she was in it because the writer said so. Yeah. And that, they, that that's they sucks. were like, Hey, you think we can get Kate Blanchett in this movie? And she's like, Well, she's uh she's contractually obligated to do another movie this year. Yeah. So uh, they, Yeah, why not? To to me And her set never changed. Yeah, her set her set never changed. And her motivations never really made sense. Yeah. She was very for as for as deep as he tried to make her character seem, she was very one dimensional. And it was so easy to read. And then uh, every every time I saw her with Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper forgot that he was a master grifter. Yeah. He was like, I am putting in your fingers. Oh, an idiot. Well, anyway, that was our hot take on Nightmare Alley, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that bell notification, do what you can, comment, find us. We're around. Like I said, we're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. More things coming. Uh, I'm your host, Marco Cabo from Mr. Ayo Panetta on Clubhouse Movies Podcast. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>